and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so thrilled that on a Tuesday afternoon there are hundreds of you gathered in this place for a special service. But what in the world is so important that you'd be here on a Tuesday afternoon? We're here to celebrate Christmas, right? But what is so important about this day? Why do we call this the Christ Mass, you could say? Or the, the worship of Jesus the Christ, the Savior who was born into this world. We're here to worship and give God thanks and praise that God, the one God who created all that exists, that God, the almighty, everlasting, universal God, stepped into this world and took on flesh and took on our sin and took on our humanity and took on our frailty and he died for us. That's why we're here. This is who Jesus is. God in the flesh. The Bible says, call him Emmanuel, which literally means in the Hebrew language, God with us. God with us. God didn't send a representative named Jesus to take care of the problems of the world. Jesus was not just a really special guy. Jesus is actually, literally, mysteriously God in the flesh. 100% God and 100% man. I don't know how to figure it out, but that's what the Bible says. He had to be God in order to defeat death, and he had to be a man in order to die. And in order to be a man who would die, he also had to be born. And that's why we're here today, to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And what do you do with newborn babies? Wrap them in swaddling clothes, right? That's what the Bible says. Twice in Luke chapter 2, I read it. One, it said, Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And later, the angel said to the shepherds, go find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and find him lying in a manger. So I I can imagine on that first night in that that barn, in in the dark, Mary and Joseph, first time parents, probably take their newborn baby crying. (laughs) Sorry. And they wrap that baby in swaddling clothes, right? I mean, that's what you do. Can I show you? I I like to think that I'm a a swaddle expert, okay? I have a couple of kids, and and we swaddled our kids, so some of you don't know how to swaddle. Do some of you, you don't know how? Do you want me to show you? All right. So you take a blanket like this, and you, you fold the top down, and then, wow, I need a baby. Can I, can I have her? <laughs> let's, let's swaddle you up, Emerson. All right, no, I've got one. This is Anna, all right? So you take the baby very gently, fold up the top, you, you, then you stick the arm in, tuck, fold, roll, support the head, and then you got the swaddled baby, right? A swaddled baby. So you, you got the swaddled up baby. Hi, Emerson. Here. You want? You can hold her. Here you go. So you take the baby, you swaddle up the baby. But you know, with our kids, we would we would sometimes get the swaddle on, 
and you'd think everything was good because they'd be swaddled up nice and tight. But even when they're little, before they could even lift their heads, sometimes they'd be in their crib wiggling around, you know, doing the whole thing. And then, and then their arm would flop out in the middle of the night, smack them in the head, they start crying, right? And so sometimes I'd, I'd, I'd want to get that swaddle on super tight, and then I'd think there's no way this kid's getting out of this swaddle, right? And then with like Houdini-like skills, you know, the kid would get flailing out and wake up in the middle of the night. But this is kind of the point that I want to make today. Sometimes maybe, you know, babies like being swaddled, but they also want to get out of that swaddle. And here's the story for tonight. Jesus did not intend on being swaddled up for his entire life. Jesus was not born into this world to stay wrapped up. He doesn't want to just stay wrapped up. Jesus wants to be unwrapped and get to work. I think many of us like the idea of Jesus. We like the idea of Jesus' love. We like the idea of forgiveness. We like the idea of eternal life and heaven. But oftentimes, I think we live life almost as though we don't need Jesus to actually get those things. Like somehow we could just have them because we think we deserve them or something. Consider it like this. I I think of it like this. Consider Jesus as a present that you receive at Christmas. You've asked for him. You're excited about him. You, you open up that present on Christmas and you say, yay, I got Jesus. And then after a couple of days of playing with him, he gets tossed aside in the corner of your room with your other toys that are also neglected and they just gather and collect dust there. But that was never Jesus' intention. Jesus gave himself to you as a gift to be unwrapped and brought with you wherever you go. Jesus wants to go with you as Emmanuel. He wants to go with you to work, and with you to school, with you to the hockey rink, with you to the ski hill, with you on vacation. This is who Jesus is. And when you allow Jesus to be unwrapped in your life and bring him with you everywhere, he will shower you with his gifts. And what are the gifts that God gives to you? I could go to all kinds of places in the Bible and tell you all about the gifts of God, but this afternoon, Luke chapter 2 gives us plenty to work with, so let's stay focused here. In Luke chapter 2, after Jesus is born, just outside the city, there are shepherds keeping keeping watch over their flocks by night. And suddenly an angel appears to the shepherds and the shepherds, they freak out. (laughs) They freak out. They're they're terrified. I think oftentimes we've watered down this Christmas story with our manger scenes and our nativity sets and we we picture the shepherds like in, in reverent awe of these angels in the sky with holy delight. When the Bible tells us they're just freaking out because they're going, what in the world is going on and who's talking to us? We're supposed to be sleeping here. And so what do the angels say first? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. That is a gift from God. Fear not. It was a gift from God. It, it was for the shepherds that night. Literally, they were afraid and the angels said, don't be afraid. Fear not, though. It's also a gift to you this day. 
to have no fear. Angels show up in the Bible a lot, and, and when they do, they oftentimes say, don't be afraid. Because when angels show up and they say, don't be afraid, the angels are there to announce the work of God Almighty and do a remarkable thing. And so I want you to be reminded this evening, this Christmas, not to be afraid. Not to be afraid. I think if we're honest, though, we're, we're all people living in a lot of fear. A lot of you in this room, if you just spend a minute, I'm sure you know the anxieties, the worries. Will this treatment work? Will this surgery work? Why did it have to be this way? You, you know. You know your fears. And so the Bible tells us, we hear again tonight, fear not. Fear not, for Jesus is with you. And Jesus loves you. And Jesus will never leave you alone. And who is Jesus but the one who showed and proved that he is powerful over everything that seems to be powerful in this world. And if that's the case and he's always with you, you have nothing to be afraid of. Fear not, for behold, there's good news of great joy, the angels said. Good news of great joy. What is the good news? That the Savior Jesus Christ has been born into this world. You know, God's chosen people at this time, the, the Jewish people, they had been waiting patiently and frankly impatiently often for the birth of the Christ. That is the Messiah or the Anointed One, their King of Kings. They've been waiting for thousands of years for him to be born. And so the, shepherd, the angels tell the shepherd, he's here. Finally, he's here. It is good news and it is great joy. Good news. That's also a gift from God. Good news. Good news. There's not a lot of good news in the news these days. <laughs> not a lot of good news in the news. I suppose it probably depends on what political party you ask, though. I don't know, maybe even sitting in this room, some, some of you, 50% of you, might say that one thing is good news. And the other 50% of you might say, that's fake news. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then what does that cause? That's not good news if it's not good for everybody. And then that causes further division, and division is not good. So if it's only good for some, it's not all that good. But Jesus says, this is good news of great joy for who? For all people. For all people. The love of Jesus Christ is for all people. For young, for old, for rich, for poor, for black, for white, for American, for Mexican, for everybody in between, the love of Jesus Christ covers over the sins of the whole world. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is for all people. But I also know the reality, and you do as well, that there are a lot of people who for whatever reason, don't believe in Jesus. Maybe there are even some of you sitting in this room who are kind of ah, on the fence about Jesus, for whatever reason it might be. Well, I've also heard and had people tell me that the reason they don't believe in Jesus is because a lot of us who claim to believe in Jesus aren't living life as though we actually believe in Jesus. 
Many of us who claim to be Christians instead often live life in fear, holding the good news of Jesus tight, keeping Jesus wrapped up and shoved in the corner of our room because we're not really sure that we want anybody knowing that we've got Jesus living in our homes and in our lives. Is that how God has called us to be? Is that what the good gift of Jesus is for? No. See, a lot of times we treat Jesus like the Christmas present that we don't necessarily care too much about and we keep him wrapped up, swaddled up, and placed in the corner collecting dust. It's kind of like young Cody. Young Cody who received a drum set from his uncle for Christmas. You see, and after the holidays, young Cody, the the first time he saw his uncle, with great excitement, he said to his uncle, thank you so much for the drum set, uncle. It is the best Christmas present I've ever gotten in my whole life. And the uncle said, Cody, you love it? Have you started to play it? What songs do you know? And Cody said, play the drums. I don't play them. Actually, it's the best present because my mom gives me a dollar every day that I don't play them during the day, and my dad gives me five dollars every week for when I don't play them at night. Thanks for the drums, Uncle. (laughs) Sounds like Cody got a pretty sweet deal for not using a gift that was given to him, but that's not the point tonight. (laughs) The point is Jesus has given himself to us as a present in order to be opened up and unwrapped and put to use all the time, in every aspect of our lives. Some of you might be wondering what this is. I know you curious types have been thinking about this this whole time you've been sitting here wondering what's behind the wrapping paper. Is there anything behind it? Why, yes, there is. Let me show you. (laughs) Let's unwrap this gift. There's a mirror with a cross. Why is there a mirror with a cross? Well, here's the deal. I don't, I'm about to tell you. Here's the deal. You know, when we think about our lives and when we talk about unwrapping Jesus and unwrapping him in order to have him present with us, to love us and forgive us in every aspect of our lives, In order to truly receive those gifts for what they are, the love and forgiveness of Jesus, I would say it like this. We also need to unwrap ourselves and be honest with ourselves and honest with God about who we are and about how much we actually need him in our lives. See, I think a lot of us also live life not only wrapping up Jesus, but also wrapping up our own selves And saying to the world and saying to God, oh, financial problems? No, not me. I've got that one taken care of. Health issues? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got it all together. Troubles at work? No, no, not me. Family problems? No, I've got it. We keep it all wrapped up. But when we come to our loving God, we can unwrap that and be honest and say to him, Lord, I don't have it all together. No. I've done things I shouldn't do. I've left undone things I should do. I've said things. I've thought things. Oh, Lord, 
I'm a mess. Will you still love me, please? What I want you to see here tonight in the mirror is a reflection of the way that God sees you. See, there's a cross in the middle of this mirror, and that's exactly how God sees you. When God looks at you, He doesn't see your blemishes. He doesn't see your sinful thoughts. He doesn't see your failures and your faults. He sees you through the cross of Jesus. So he doesn't see you as an enemy. He sees you as a beloved child, holy and righteous in the blood of Jesus Christ. This is how God sees you. So what I want you to see tonight is I want you to see yourself in the same way that God sees you. I want you to look in this mirror. And the cross is unavoidable, so what you see reflected back to you is not your imperfection, not your blemishes, not your faults, not your failures, but you see back to yourself the cross of Jesus Christ. You are a beloved, chosen, wonderfully loved child of God. As a matter of fact, I want to move this down a little bit closer. I want to move this down here. So in a little while, when you're coming up for communion, you can actually take a look here in this mirror and see yourself. And the cross is unavoidable. And so when you see yourself, I pray that you see Jesus speaking right back to you and saying, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are mine now and forever. As a matter of fact, this could be a neat exercise for you to do at home. On your mirror, whatever one you look at in the morning, to put a cross on that mirror. It doesn't have to be big and central, but a cross somewhere. So that you begin every day saying, I am loved. Thank you, Jesus. What a precious gift that is. This is who you are because Jesus came into this world for you. He loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unfailing love. Jesus died for you in order to forgive you. But in order to die, he also had to be born. And that's why we're here and that's why we celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you, precious children of God. In his name, amen.